0: How we doing? Doing good. You look very cozy right now.
1: I'm pretty cozy. I took a shower after my run. Decided to get cozy. Uh, yeah, feeling good.
0: That's an, that's a good thing to do. I found like a good set of pajamas, especially after a shower. That's like the best, <laughs> like the best combo of things from shower to pajamas. The that pipeline, nothing beats <laughs> it.
1: I feel like this shirt isn't quite pajamas. It's definitely cozy and. Uh, comfortable it's got the hood it's very soft material you like a ninja turtle <laughs> i one of my friends described this uh this shirt of mine is the sad frog shirt or the kermit shirt um because usually i'm wearing my uniform at school i'm wearing like flannel and wool vest and uh and when i wear the kermit shirt they know something is up um it's rarely seen outside outside the house but uh here it is
0: You're listening to Ketchup Cast, the podcast where, believe it or not, we do not discuss condiments. Did you get a haircut or something? No, it's just combed. Oh, quaffed. I uh, i I also showered recently. Mm-hmm. Exciting podcast content. I
1: think the I think the light is is just bouncing in from your window enough that it makes it look like you have highlights.
0: We never talked about my going blonde on the podcast. I do have No, pilots. oh,
1: maybe, maybe this is. Uh... <laughs> all right. Did I never more. tell
0: you about this? No. <laughs> I went blonde over the summer.
1: But you, but I talked to you since then.
0: Well, when when we recorded while I was up at camp, I was like bundled up in a hat and like three sweatshirts and and all that stuff because I was up in the dining hall with no heating, so you didn't see my hair. During those things. And I guess I've always, usually I have this light on, which I feel like washes me out. It does a bit. Yeah. But here you get the contrast. How
1: did I not notice this?
0: I have no idea. This was like all I talked about for a long time and I just never brought it up, I guess. Uh, There's this product dating back to like the 70s or 80s called Sun In. Uh Uh, It's essentially a bleach, but it's not pure bleach. uh, And it's activated by heat. So what you do is you comb it, and you, you wet your hair, you comb it into your hair. And the idea is you could stand under direct sunlight or you could like blow dry it and the heat would like activate the blonde particles. I don't know how it works. And uh-huh. your hair will turn blonde. And a friend of mine, she has pretty light hair and she was doing it on her hair because she had light hair and she figured it would work. And she said, do you want to go blonde with me? And I said, there's no <laughs> way that's going to work. I have like really dark brown hair. And she said, let's just try it. And it turns out standing either on a dock all afternoon or sitting in a boat all afternoon with the stuff in your hair and the sun beating down on you will just like multiply the effect like crazy. And I just went genuinely completely blonde for wow. most of the summer. And my roots have grown in a little bit more. So now it's, it looks more like highlights, but there were people who hadn't met me before. I would prompt friends be like, Hey, send a photo of me to your friend and ask them what color my hair is. Cause they don't know me. I want to know the truth. And they'd say blonde. So I was wow. truly, genuinely blonde. People brought it up in in Dungeons & Dragons calls. People, someone brought it up at a reunion a few months ago, virtual reunion. I don't know how this is the first you've heard of it, but yeah, that was like a big <laughs> deal. I Almost daily for like eight or nine weeks, I was putting that stuff in my hair and just standing. I I wore visors for a while, so I put the visor on my head and then uh-huh. I'd pull my hair up through the visor so it like came down like a muffin around the top of the visor and just the top of my head would get sun on it and so you it continue
1: to to use the product for the whole summer
0: yeah to keep it going so the bottom of my hair is you, you can see sort of here there's different colors yeah wow. so that was that was my big well because everyone was like cutting their hair or dying their hair or shaving their heads in quarantine right and i hadn't done <laughs> anything like that so when the opportunity came to do something i did it
1: wow that's why it became
0: a ritual after lunch every day right before we would go back to our shift We'd all line up in the bathroom. We'd wet our hair. We'd spritz it. We'd comb it in, and then we'd we'd go, and we all went blonde. It was it was like a bonding kind of thing.
1: That's so weird. That, I I don't know how this escaped me for so know. long. This is weird.
0: I'm gonna talk. You talk about something. I'm gonna see if I can find a picture from like the really blonde days.
1: I feel like I don't know you. Uh, I've missed this this major factor in your life. Um. It kind of reminds me of how our high school swim team would dye their hair uh, for final for uh, championships or something, and uh, I don't know. How, yeah, that uh, was a weird. Well, they'd like
0: full on bleach it, wouldn't they? Yeah,
1: they would. They would really go all the way. And then if like, aggressively you, so, if you made it into the, the 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 like championship or whatever, then you like shaved a design into it or something. Right. I don't know. It was weird. I think they got in trouble for it a couple times. but
0: Probably. So this was... Whoa. That was how blonde I used to be.
1: I wonder if it would work in the beard.
0: I did do it a little bit in the beard. Oh, really? It was hard to tell because my beard gets lighter in the summer as is. Right. So.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of growing it out too. trying to. I
0: noticed you've got a little, little bit of uh, goatee going.
1: It's more just like a lack of uh, <laughs> effort. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fair one enough. of those <laughs> <More> <laughs> you, stroke so it, you feel like
0: you're formulating a plan you're thinking deeply
1: well here's the thing I also live a week in the woods and I don't shave out there and I don't like upkeep my my face out there right, So it's like, winter. and I come back for a week and it's like why am I just going to shave it for a week to then not shave it for another week like why don't I just like keep the train of not shaving going it's kind of easier that way than trying to fight an uphill battle um so how it That's is? That's how this came to be. Yeah. I, was I don't really. Too I, lazy to shave. I wear a uh, a buff a lot and like pull the buff up over my face as a mask mm-hmm. um, for work. And then little beard hairs get. I don't know if this happens to you. Little beard hairs get caught in the mask and then they like end up in your mouth and you're like, what mm-hmm. is this wiry piece of hair in my mouth you're like oh right yeah it's my beard Yeah, it's my
0: beard you know how like if you wear a hat for too long your head starts to itch just cause of like the touching of your <laughs> oh, hair oh yeah that's what it's like with a beard and a mask all day it's just like this oh, yeah. itchiness all over your face and you can't you can't itch your face when you have a mask on it yeah you can because then I you, mean maybe you're not, you're supposed, not supposed to but... you're not supposed to but it's it's just like festering all day. And I then always you feel like a dog like rub at when it. I'm like, I'm like scratching
1: mm-hmm. my my chin like this with my paw, like like a dog like does, that. like on the back of their yeah. uh, back of their neck. Yeah, no, it's, it's the a life. struggle.
0: I was in a pool for much of this morning, and I haven't been swimming in quite a while, and I haven't been swimming with a beard this long in quite a while, and it, it's so funny because I always forget that a beard is hair, and hair gets wet, and holds water. So like I would have to wring out my beard bunch as you would hair (laughs) when water gets in it. So we'd be swimming and every once in a while I'd have to like get it out.
1: I'm thinking of going to get my hair cut soon. Since I am am vaccinated, I feel a little bit better about Mm -hmm. it now. But just like a trim I think would be nice. It's getting real long. Really unmanageable. And now that I got the weird dreadlock that was forming in the back out, uh, I feel a little less guilty about subjecting a a hairstylist to You had a to, uh, you had to the dreadlock? Just, well, just okay. one? So the other thing, too, is... Well, not a dreadlock, but, like, the, the hair was starting to mat up because I also wear a hat all day at work, and I like to keep my right. hair up at work so it doesn't get tangled and, and all kind of stuff. Um, and when I put my backpack on, it doesn't, like, get caught in it. It's just better. So I keep it up, and then... I, like, will keep it up all day for, like, five days and, like, maybe take it down to comb it, like, once, but, like, really I don't have the time nor the like energy to put that much care into my hair when I'm out there. That was a lot of rhyme.
0: That was lovely. A little bit of poetry in this episode too.
1: But um, so it it just kind of does its thing. And uh, especially in the back right there, like in the very center back, it uh, starts to mat together. And, um, And with that matting together, it just like gets worse and worse. And I come home and take a shower and it doesn't like get any better. So you actually have to like comb it out, like really like tease it out. Um so I had a friend do that for me, uh and just like watched a movie and they teased out my hair and I sat, you know, below the couch and they sat above me on the couch just like working on the hair for two hours. <laughs> yeah. So it's all better now. It feels great. Uh that's kind of the cycle. It does that. I um that happened to me on the field semesters too. And actually one field semester, this is the Arizona one, uh <laughs> My friend was bleaching his hair with, like, one of those, like, bleach hair kits and cutting it. He was going to, like, shave it, like, most of the way and then bleach it in a Forest Service uh, little, like, bathroom facility thing that had, like, a sink and, like, a toilet. And we all piled into the, the thing <laughs> to do it with him, which was hilarious. Um, and he had, like, scissors and, like, a... a, a power razor like uh shaver thing um and like in that moment i thought hmm maybe i should do it maybe i should just cut off all of my hair and i had long hair at the time like i do now and i was like i i really i'm i'm really thinking about doing this and uh of course my friend joe talked me out of it i think it was my friend copper talked me out of it more so but uh yeah like you really shouldn't do that on a whim and there's people in your life that really like your hair long. I don't know if you do, but, like, they do. So don't do it for them. Or at least consult them when you get back. And okay, fine. I won't cut all my hair off on a whim. Um, I feel like so if you're
0: going to do it, though, a whim is really the best way to do it.
1: Yeah. It, it's kind of the only way to do that's it. That's not the
0: sort of decision you want to contemplate, because I think contemplation ruins it.
1: Kind of. It's kind of like tattoos in that way.
0: Right. <laughs> Although some tattoos, you know, are a meaningful thing and, and mean stuff.
1: Right, right. I feel
0: like the more fun thing would just be like, fuck it, I want, I want Pikachu on my wrist. <laughs> Give me him. I choose, I choose you on my, uh, my body forever.
1: Yeah. Well, that's enough hair talk, I think.
0: This is our first one in a while.
1: We have not talked in a bit. It, it it's been a, We've, like, stacked some episodes up and then neglected to, to keep the train going.
0: But you've been busy, I've been busy, so I think it's alright.
1: Yeah, it's totally totally good. Spring's here, or at least Spring's most here. of it. We had snow yesterday, so...
0: Yeah, it snowed here last night, and I think yeah. there's some of the forecasts coming up, too. But yeah. But it's yeah. been like 60 it's degrees still out besides that. It was 60 degrees today,
1: that's why I went for a run, it was amazing.
0: Yeah, it was 30 degrees here. Really? But at least on my morning walk, I think it warmed up eventually, but I had to wear a heavier jacket. But we are into spring, you're right, and I'm very grateful. This winter yeah. was particularly a tough one, I think.
1: Yeah, it was a weird one. I feel very accomplished that it's over with now, or at least mostly over with. Like, we're probably going to get snow again, but I feel like, yeah, I did that. We did nice. it. Did it. <laughs> I survived winter. I didn't think I was going to, but here
0: I am. First winter, living on my own. I did it.
1: Yeah. So, that feels pretty good. Still taking the winter sleeping bag and the winter clothes out, though.
0: Oh yeah, Uh, nights are cold.
1: Yeah, nights are still pretty cold, but not as cold. So, uh, keeping it cozy there. But otherwise, uh, yeah, feeling pretty good that spring's here. It's great. Switched out the skis for the running shoes.
0: Same places, though? Running in places you Uh, ski? No,
1: different places, really. Because I i don't like to drive to run places this is like my my run. Uh, we've i think we talked about this how where i lived before i had such access to to trails skiing or running and it just felt so good to be able to run out the door and hop on uh hop on some single track and get going uh here i don't have that i gotta like run on bike paths or like little like sidewalks and and stuff to get to parks where then i can run on on trails um and so my mission has been finding routes that connect as many parks in the town that i live in as possible i was doing this back home too but this is like my endeavor wherever i go now um and so i've been doing that and like planning my routes my running endeavors out on uh on like the gps map and like figuring out okay If I go down this street a little bit, it'll connect these two parks. and if I, like, go this way, um, which has been pretty sweet. Been able to find some, like, strange, weird places of town that I wouldn't, like, go past otherwise, but are good because they, like, cut through to get to the other park. Right. Um, so that's been kind of interesting. Uh, ran past the airport today, saw a plane land. This is, like, a small municipal airport. Um... I was, like, running, like, 400 feet away from where this plane was landing.
0: <laughs> you could have recreated that scene from uh, North by Northwest when, um oh, fuck, who's in that? Oh, my God. who's it? When the actor man, who I may just dub in his name and post, is running and there's the airplane flying behind him. It's shooting at him, so it's not an exact oh, okay. recreation. But, <laughs> gotcha. But it's similar. I'm going to look him up. It's going to bug me because he's a really famous actor, and I, his name is a famous one. Tell me more about your run. I'm listening.
1: I ran past the world's largest circular barn.
0: It's Cary Grant. World's largest circular barn? Which
1: I'm sure there's more than one of those. I feel like it's a very apocryphal title.
0: I've seen some big circular barns before.
1: It was pretty big. I don't know. It was. It was at the the. It, it's in like the the center town park fairgrounds thing, of the town that I'm in, and uh, and I ran past it and said, "Oh, world's largest circular barn." cool i didn't go inside or anything it was all closed up but like that was interesting uh rant, what else did i run past i don't know just some houses seeing different kind of neighborhoods and stuff that sounds lovely cool explorations
0: i went for a walk the other night because it was like 70 degrees out that night mm-hmm. and it was far too warm to be inside Mm-hmm. And I went, it was just a loop on this one street, but it was, it ended up being like a three mile walk, which was nice. Uh, and I used to, especially in like the early days of the pandemic, I would go for a walk every night. That was like my get out of the house kind of thing. And I would yeah, just wander, sweet. I'd put on some music or a podcast and just enjoy the the warm air. Uh, and I didn't realize how much I like those walks had meant to me until I started doing them again. Just now, uh, I was out, there's a warm breeze I was listening to uh some like acoustic folk music well known for being the most nostalgic of music. <laughs> um, and I just I felt this like wave of just like emotion and familiarity. You you mentioned a similar feeling about skiing in a few a few episodes ago. But it was just this like bizarre like emotional response to walking and the mm-hmm. the, the warm breeze. Uh and I just did this loop around this neighborhood and All these houses were, like, massive and had multiple garage doors. And every house had a big, big window right in the front of the house. And through that window, you could see a big chandelier in the entryway of the house. And they all had pools. Uh, So, like, this very wealthy area. And then, you know, three streets over, it's farmland. So it's (laughs) always an interesting walk to sort of explore. But now it's too cold to walk at night again, at least not without bundling up. And that's not as nostalgic for me. So.
1: When are you gonna get your bike in?
0: Uh, maybe sometime this week if it warms up. Probably not. It's supposed to snow this week. Actually, uh, I'm on technically on break this week, but I don't know how much I'm actually gonna be, um, going places just because it is chilly and I'm working in the afternoons. Uh huh. But only for three hours for three days, so it's not much. That's not too bad. Maybe once April hits, I'll go on more bike rides and stuff. I'm in the middle of, like, a writing bonanza, so I I feel bad abandoning the book for my own pleasure.
1: Well, at least you're getting something in. How's the writing going?
0: It's going well. So I've mentioned a couple times there's this middle section of the book that's just an absolute, like, behemoth. It's hell to write because it's all just individual scenes. There's no, like, cohesive narrative. And I've been working on it since the beginning of the year. It's been my project. And I finished it, finally. Uh, I finished it last week, had a little dance party, did a shot to celebrate. It was great. Um, but the original section, like in the first and, and second drafts, 50 pages long, which is pretty long. Somehow in my vast wisdom, I've added 30 pages onto this section. So this this is an 80-page section now that I've just been slaving away at since January. Uh, wow. I added 10,000 words to the book. With this section. So I've officially hit 50,000 words. I think I'm going to finish another chapter tonight. Maybe two chapters. Because two are close to done. So I might just knock them off. But I've got four-ish chapters left. And then the book's done. Releases in 47 days as of recording. uh, Which is terrifying. Because it's not done. But I'm sort of looking forward to being finished with it. So I can just go do things. And not have like a project to worry about
1: hanging over your head or anything
0: yeah i mean i chose this project it's no one's depending on it except for me but i sort of like the thought of just going out you know lake ontario's not super far going up there and not having anything to worry about bringing a book bringing a podcast and just like not stressing mm-hmm. uh yeah. so whenever that happens that's probably when i'll break the bike out more is when i have less to do
1: yeah it sounds good well, it's great that you've made some good progress. That's that, that's awesome that you've been able to hold yourself accountable to it. Keeps me busy.
0: Keeps me distracted from the weight of the world.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. The world doesn't seem as heavy anymore with spring here and some better weather and being able to go running and stuff. It uh, it feels really
0: good. It's amazing the difference the warm weather's made. I feel like my mental health is just, like, way better than it has been all winter. I think just because of the sun and the warmth.
1: Yeah. It's it's interesting, because I got out more days this winter than ever before, and it still seemed to affect me. Like I I used to think that there was a very direct correlation in winter between days out, spent outside doing things, and, and my mental health, and I think that only gives so much return and then starts getting diminishing returns, because like, yeah... Winter still sucks, even if you're outside and doing fun things. Um, I mean, it doesn't suck. I don't know how to put it, but it, it, yeah, you're right. It was a it was an interesting winter, but here we are. We did it. Springtime.
0: And now you've seen every season up there since you moved, right? Because that's that's something you've been mm-hmm. marking the time with.
1: Kinda. I mean, there's like so many spring seasons here. Like it's kind of like in Vermont. Like there's mud season, which is like mm-hmm. early spring when everything's thawing and muddy. There's like mid spring when like all the animals and leaves are coming out, and then there's like spring spring where like grass is green again and and uh the sun is out, and uh it it's s- slightly chillier summer weather, but still great um so I still have to go through all of those <laughs> before I can say I've seen everything.
0: <laughs> I'm not convinced spring is a real season. I think it's just a transitional period we've given a name to. But there's no like consistency. Like Summer is pretty consistently summer. Winter is pretty consistently winter. Fall, you know, there's stuff going on. There's pretty colors. Spring is just wet and muddy until it's not, and then it's summer.
1: I don't know. I feel that way about fall more than I feel that way about spring. Spring feels like more of a thing to me than fall does.
0: Yeah, but the, the air in fall is distinct, though. Spring air either feels like winter or summer to me.
1: True, but with fall you're just kind of sliding into winter. You know winter is is coming with fall. But with spring you're like, wow, the world is brand new. Like it feels like such a more dramatic change than with fall. But fall is like, uh, feels like something's ominous and over the horizon, and the delineation between winter and fall is not as crisp. Where spring, it's very much, here we are. You know, I don't know. That's what I think. I feel.
0: They're they're similar. I think with fall, though, it is that sort of slide into winter. But you've got all the colors, you've got the sort of bitey, chilly air that is refreshing after the summer. It's sort of like, uh, and this phrase means something completely different now that I've been to one, it's sort of like an end of the world party. Like, you know (sighs) something bad's coming. You know something hard and difficult is coming but fuck it i'm gonna enjoy this pretty interesting weather right before i'm stuck in my house for you know the whole winter because it's freezing and snow piles are astronomical and
1: yeah with spring you start
0: to get like oh yes it's summer i can't wait and then you get hit with another snowfall or you get hit with like a windstorm that that is too cold to go out in
1: true true
0: and by the time that unpredictability of spring levels out, then it's summer.
1: Good point. I don't but know. I also
0: see your side. I see your side, though.
1: It's uh, Seasons are weird, but I'm glad I live in a place that I get many of them.
0: Yeah, I, I do enjoy seasons. seasons Even though are I don't great. like all of them, I like experiencing the cycle.
1: Yeah. Gives us something to talk about, at the very least.
0: Well, we've done it. For at least 10 minutes now so clearly it does.
1: <laughs> well i mean like i don't know it's just so boring if you have the same weather every day and seasons are different too there's like places that have like a wet season and a dry season not necessarily like a spring and a summer and a fall but like you know this is when the majority of the rain comes or this is when the it gets slightly chillier but but uh drier or whatever so it's like different For different places i don't think there's a place that has like no seasons at all whatsoever maybe the equator like exactly on the equator but yeah
0: that would be the only spot i can think of hard to say i wonder what it would be like to live at one of the poles and have your seasons basically be a light season and a dark season
1: it's all light side or all dark side
0: because that's crazy to me not crazy in that like i can't believe it but just the concept of like the sun being out literally all the time like your circadian rhythm can't yeah. handle that
1: well <laughs> funny you say that because this week i've been waking up at sunrise which is like six forty-five here um and that trend can only continue for so much longer before it's like five o'clock in the morning and i'm waking up uh and at sunset i get really tired like that's why you go to bed usually in the field so it it uh it's like hard for me to stay up and watch a movie after sunset. So I'm, I'm definitely linked more to the, the sun, the the sunrise and sunset now more so than ever in my life. But, uh, yeah, it's, it happens. I don't know what that would do. If you lived in a place with sun all year round, you'd have to
0: figure something out, but I mean, um, they make curtains that block out sunlight and I mean, they've got ways you could darken a room enough to like go to bed.
1: One thing that astonishes me about those early explorers that went up there, like, looking for the Northwest Passage and stuff and, like, trying to get to the South Pole first and all that, is they did it without electronic artificial light. They only had candles, which I guess, I mean, most of those were in summertime, so it was light all the time anyways, and they didn't need it, but, like, yeah.
0: But not all of them were.
1: Not all of them were. You don't just, like, have a headlamp that you can click on, you know? Mm. Unless
0: you, like, drip candle wax onto your forehead, right? And then you stick <laughs> the candle in the wax and you've just got a hands-free candle now.
1: Well, here's the other thing. Have you ever, like, used a real torch? Or, like, a candle to light your way?
0: I have used a candle. I've not done the torch method, although I know people who have.
1: The thing is, you're... You want it actually, like, behind you up here. Not in front of you. Because what you're doing is you're ruining your your night vision by looking at the candle and then, like, Your eyes can't look at the brightness of the candle and the...
0: the, It darkens everything around it.
1: So the trail is like super dark, but you can see the candle really well. But if you hold it up behind you, my arm is like up behind my shoulder here above my head. Um, It lightens the path and you're not looking at the light of the candle so bright. So your night vision actually like stays better so you can see what's in front of you. You do run the risk of of your
0: head's shadow obstructing everything, though, and defeating the whole purpose. So there's some angles you got to work out.
1: True, that's why you have to hold it up higher.
0: (laughs) I think you just got to hire a dude, right? Like To walk behind you with the light. You're my squire. You hold the light and just follow me. (laughs) Then who's going to hold the light behind him?
1: He hires hires a dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And just so on. (laughs) Until there's just a really long line of people.
1: Yeah. All that being said, I'm thankful for uh, for headlamps and stuff. Headlamps are nice.
0: It's nice. I got made fun of for a headlamp last summer.
1: If there's one thing... I'm going to go on this tangent first, and then Please. I can hear your story. If there's one thing I wish I could assimilate into public acceptance, it would be wearing a headlamp around your neck 24-7, anywhere, anytime it's socially appropriate to have a headlamp on your neck and not look like some weirdo. People are like, oh, what's that weird necklace you have there? It's like, no, no, no. This is like finding your keys, like walking down a dark path at night, you know, just shining your way in general. Headlamp is useful
0: anytime. Could you like, would there be a way to, because I know there's t-shirts that have done this where like you can get a battery powered t-shirt and have like a speaker in the t-shirt or something. Mm Mm-hmm. But could you like get a mask, right? And you've got lights in the mask, and and you can just like click them on. So you've just got you're wearing them at all the times. So then just boom.
1: Mm. No, it's even weirder. Cause then I have to remember to. I don't know.
0: You have to remember to wear a mask. That's
1: well. No, it's not that. It's like well, then I have to remember to wear my light T-shirt out today. Like a headlamp. No, you just
0: all your T-shirts are light T-shirts now. Oh. You replace your whole wardrobe. You've got your sad no. LED frog costume. How do you wash it? Dry clean only. <laughs> I hate the dry clean. It's very cleaner. expensive, but <laughs> but the benefits outweigh the costs.
1: That made me think, you know, uh, one of our friends had one of those t-shirts with a speaker that, in
0: it? That's, w- that's what I was referencing, yeah. What if you if don't see those shirts anymore. It was a novelty for like two months, and then he never wore it again. You think it still works? I mean, it's just a battery, right? Again, how do you wash the t-shirt? <laughs> I think the speaker part came out. Like I think oh, it, it came it, out. Like, disconnected. You could take it off, wash the shirt, and then reconnect. So, like, an Iron Man thing. Like, yeah. It, it just comes right off, and there's a hole in the... I don't know. But I know it wasn't connected fully to the shirt. It was removable.
1: That was a weird time.
0: That was a weird... Well, that was middle school, wasn't it? So, of course, it was a weird time.
1: I feel like it was middle school. Yeah. You could, like, connect your iPod to it and, like, play mm-hmm. music.
0: Your iPod Nano. Yeah. With the uh, the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack and the the spinny wheel,
1: the clicky wheel. Heck yeah! Could you imagine? I played games on that thing using the clicky wheel. How was that possible?
0: <laughs> they weren't like difficult. It was it was like Snake and stuff, right? Or like the brick game.
1: There was a very rudimentary racing game where the clicky wheel was a a uh, a steering wheel, and the center button was like a boost. That's wild.
0: I wish they'd re-release iPod Nanos. I would love to get my hands on something with a, cl- a clicky wheel like that.
1: I would buy an iPod
0: Nano. I love scrolling through my music.
1: And I just want music.
0: Yeah. I and don't podcasts. Need all the
1: distraction. I don't need my phone.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing with podcasts on the iPod Nano is you'd have to like manually, because there was no internet on them. Oh so you'd right. you'd have to manually like drag over the individual episodes you wanted, rather than having an RSS feed. So maybe internet-capable iPod Nano, where you could automatically get subscribe new music to things. You... Yeah. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. And I don't own any of my own music anymore.
0: Right. It's all Spotify and stuff. I'm not I going own... like dig dig Some out things, my old
1: 2005 family laptop and pull up. A see what you got. Version Some of iTunes. And... And... Yeah. See what we got.
0: iTunes doesn't exist anymore. I know. That's
1: what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if you could even do that.
0: I don't know. Maybe you could if the computer's never been updated, and you don't. <laughs> which it probably it has not Which so so you're operating. I mean, that's a, that's a relic at this point. It's a time machine, back to like, 2011, technology. Yeah. You could watch movies. Now that I'm thinking more about, it, you could watch movies on iPod Nanos on that tiny like yeah you can <laughs> like three by five inch screen. Can you hold like, <laughs> it
1: like an inch away from your face?
0: <laughs> this, this is Avatar. This is great.
1: Yeah, but like the the storage on it was only like eight gigabyte and a movie would take up like seven and a half of that so you can only have
0: one movie like that you had to plan it like okay yeah. at some point on this car trip or whatever i'm doing i'm gonna one movie watch. and
1: then like 10 songs
0: yeah that was it maybe the soundtrack just you love the movie so much you just skip over to the soundtrack <laughs> But this was all, like you said, back in the day of like when we would buy music, right? Yeah, I haven't. I think I bought. I think I bought a Star Wars soundtrack just because I wanted to be able to listen to it if I didn't have internet. But other than that, I haven't bought music in God knows how long. There's no need to. Yeah, I don't have a CD player to play CDs on.
1: Well, CDs in the car are still very much a thing. I don't have a car. Well, I do, and. Like I said, I'm not. I don't have an aux cord capable car or one that can do Bluetooth or fancy things. So CDs are the way to go for that. And so here's what I want is to like make a CD mixtape to put. Which is not a mixtape. It's a mixed CD. Burn, burn a CD.
0: Burn a CD. A phrase um, that apparently I saw a tweet. Last week, someone didn't know what burning a CD meant, and I instantly, <laughs> like, my hair all turned gray, and I shriveled up like that guy in, in Last Crusade. Anyway. But, like, my laptop doesn't even take CDs. Oh, that's right. Disk drives aren't a thing. I've I've got a separate one for, like, DVDs and stuff, but... So, like,
1: how, I don't even think it takes a DVD. I don't even know. No, it probably doesn't.
0: So, I... You can buy a drive, though. Like, a, a USB plug-in. It's not great, because the, the connection's wobbly, because it's a cord. And yeah. They're sending. They're stream. They're basically streaming the movie from the drive to the computer, which is what it was in the first case. But it was all built in. It wasn't a flimsy.
1: And then you like strip the the audio from YouTube videos into an MP3 and then drop them onto the CD. Like, yeah, uh, it used to be. Uh, that, I, was, that was, yeah. That's how I got most of my music. To be honest with you,
0: I didn't realize that, that was. I I wasted so much money on like actively bought or going to the library, and bought, and getting a CD from the library and then. Ripping the music from that CD onto my computer. Wow. I didn't even know you Wow. You could pop it right on the disk drive and it'll pop up on iTunes and be like, hey, do you want to import this CD? I'm like, yeah, I do. This is probably <laughs> illegal. But I'm being prompted to do it.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Public Library, for helping me do illegal things. <laughs> wow. That's so funny. So a
0: lot of my music was obtained that way.
1: Yeah, no. You, it's definitely... Yeah. But you can't do that anymore. There's no way you... I mean... I mean, I do see a lot of music on YouTube. Um, I don't know if those sites exist where you can rip the... They do. Um, they do, yeah. I've but for what it for purpose, like, though? How are you going to get that onto your phone?
0: I don't know if it... I mean, there's there's like a music app. I don't have it on my phone, but like, it pretty much operates as the iTunes app and you can import music in pretty much the way you would on on a, like an iPod Nano. You drag it from... One to the other. I haven't used it, in, I don't think since freshman year, because then I got Spotify Premium, and I've never looked back. But do you remember Pandora? I do remember Pandora. Pandora was, Pandora was all there was for a while if you wanted to straight yeah. music.
1: Or uh, I, I vaguely remember another one. It was like Shark Tunes or something. Oh. oh,
0: I've never used it. The name is is it tickled something in the back of my mind. I can't. It's quite not grasp Shark it. Tunes like. Shark Tunes like. Ba- Baby Shark, do doo. That, that's a shark tune.
1: Uh, was it Rhapsody? I remember uh in study hall in high school taking out one of the laptops and uh pulling up Pandora and listening to Pandora and like looking at uh the college I went to, their website and being like, Yeah, I wanna go there and like by the time I got to college, Pandora was not a thing.
0: <laughs> I think it it's still around, no one uses it.
1: yeah, definitely Cause not. because
0: it's, it's just radio, it's not like music streaming, it's a radio service essentially.
1: I feel like it's it, no, I feel like it's Spotify.
0: Well, it was Spotify, but you couldn't like pick an individual song or an individual album. you just well, pick, you can't like, even a do that with, you can't do that artist. with
1: Spotify without premium.
0: You can shuffle an album on Spotify without premium. if I wanted to listen to. The Avett Brothers' new album, you know, I could shuffle it, but I couldn't play it in the order the artists intended. Right. Or pick an individual song.
1: Which is lame.
0: Well, with Pandora, it wasn't even that. Like, Pandora, you'd be like, oh, I want John Williams. And you type in John Williams and play, like, three John Williams songs. And they'd be like, oh, we're a radio algorithm. We're going to skip over to Hans Zimmer now. It's like, no, I... I wanted to listen
1: to John Williams.
0: <laughs> it was all—it was all algorithms.
1: Yeah, that—that is—that is probably why Pandora found its demise.
0: I think Spotify has actual people that make their uh, their playlists. Man, I feel I, every time we get in these nostalgic ruts, I feel so old.
1: I don't know. I don't feel that old yet. <laughs> at least I hope not. Some of the kids I work
0: with at work were—they'll—I uh, they'll, don't really have any concept of time anymore, but. The, They'll mention the years they were born every once in a while. And, like, hearing someone was born in 2012, <laughs> uh, the year we started high school, is genuinely, like, earth-shattering in a way that I didn't expect. But it's it's weird. We're old people.
1: How old do you think we're going to be? Not, like, in a morbid way, but, like, do you think we're going to get to, like, 150?
0: I mean, how old are people getting to now? Beverly Cleary just died. She was 104. That's pretty... That seems pretty old to me.
1: Yeah, but she was born in, like, 1946 or something.
0: No, she wasn't.
1: I don't know. I just made that up.
0: 104? Oh, hang on. I'm doing math. Do it. 100, 104 years ago. That's... 1918. That's That's the last pandemic.
1: You see what I'm saying? Like, they didn't have great health service in 1918. They didn't have things figured out. I mean... They had things more figured out than they did in 1818, but, like, the, uh, I, I I, forget where I read it, but I read it somewhere that uh, the person that's going to live to 150 is alive today.
0: I, could, I mean, I could see it happening. Look at, medicine's made incredible advances, and, I mean, they pumped out three different, four different vaccines in under a year. Like, I'm going
1: to be really bummed if that person's Elon Musk.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Elon Musk.
1: I think that's going to be so unfair.
0: No, Elon Musk is going to blow up in a spaceship at some point.
1: But it really never is the rich people that live that long. Like, if you think about it, it's always some...
0: Hey, I bet you're wondering why the episode just suddenly paused. There's a very good reason for it. The upcoming discussion you're about to hear was recorded about a month ago before... Certain persons died, so it sounds pretty bad, but I just wanted to say that at the time when we recorded it, this person was alive. But still, on behalf of Isaac and myself, I would like to apologize for perhaps some insensitive things that we said. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Except Prince Philip. What? Have you seen Prince Philip?
1: The, the... The, the monarch
0: yeah have you seen what he looks like these days uh no he's like 99 he looks like a corpse <laughs> He g- genuinely looks like a fucking
1: corpse you're gonna get us banned in england okay well i want to go there someday
0: <laughs> and by corpse of course i meant uh his his corpse that's the latin word for body is <laughs> he has quite the, the body that's what i meant <laughs> All
1: right. Um, Stop trying to dig yourself out of a hole.
0: Yeah, I think I just dug a different hole. I just diverted into another hole.
1: But like uh,
0: a rat. Yeah. Oh, well, how old's the queen? How old's the queen? Elizabeth the second is ninety-four years old. She's ninety-four. Wow. She looks pretty good. That's for impressive. Ninety-four year old. I thought she was younger than that, like eighty something. But yeah. I don't know. 90 feels way bigger than 80 in my head. It really in does. The numbers. Yeah. Like, I picture a 90-year-old, and that's way bigger than, not bigger, but, like, older than an 80-year-old, and I don't know why, it's 10 years, I don't know why that's such a big difference in my head. 70 to 80 doesn't feel that, like that much of a difference.
1: No, not really. Time's weird. Time is weird. Yeah.
0: So what else is on your mind, besides time and the passage of seasons? Very, a very whimsical, thoughtful episode. <laughs>
1: This is a very uh, temporal podcast we got going on. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I had a bunch of things to say before I went on that run, and then I yeah, went on that run. Yeah, you texted me
0: saying lots to talk about.
1: And then I was like, "Hmm, I'm I'm at peace with my life." Um, I found a creepy shack in the woods yesterday. That was fun. You found
0: a creepy shack in the woods. <laughs> Tell me more. I love creepy shacks in the woods.
1: <laughs> uh, so uh, I've been wanting to g- get back into canoeing, like. It's springtime, it's canoe time. And with all the snow melt that we've been having recently, it's a good time to get out onto some of the smaller rivers that swell when the snow melts and when the rain comes that you won't be able to canoe in the summer. So we're trying to, like, me and my my buddy that I've done the the trip to the Boundary Waters with and kind of done all that stuff, we're trying to check off these smaller rivers that we can only do when it's this time of year, snow melt time. And one of them... uh. I looked on the map, and it said there's some rapids on it, and we're like, mm, we can do some rapids, but we can only do so much rapids, like, we gotta go make sure this is gonna be safe. So we go check it out on a hike uh, earlier in the week, I think it was, like, Friday or Thursday. We go hike up there and uh, check out the rapids, it's a complicated way to get to the river um, if you're not in a boat, and to, like, hike down some forest service road, and down some old logging trail, and... Bushwhack to the river and find where the rapids are. And the rapids seemed doable. They were, looked like they were going to be great fun and um, definitely something we could handle because uh, we both have whitewater experience. So we we're stoked about it. It was about a five-mile hike. Get back to the car. Head back home, and we plan for the weekend uh, to send it in a boat. Now we borrow a boat from a friend and we drive up there and uh, do make our shuttle happen. So I place a car at the bottom. Place a car at the top. And uh, we're canoeing down the river. It's a really fun time. We started a little higher up than we had, had anticipated. Because the the water was so good. And we thought, yeah, it'll be great. And we're canoeing. And uh, it's a really remote part of the National Forest. That we work in. We know really well. But we've never been on this part. This side of the National Forest. There's like not a whole lot up there. It's, it's really remote. Besides this river that we want to canoe. And going down it. Uh, first off, we come to this crazy house that has a fire tower in the back of the his yard. Like a full size fire tower? River. What?
0: Like a full size fire tower? Yeah,
1: big fire. Like, like you'd see in the Adirondacks. All the way up? Oh, yeah. it's, it, it's almost a, it's identical to the ones you've you've hiked on, for sure. Wow. Um, I've no idea why it's back there. The do, it, It's marked on private property on the map. This little island of private property in the National Forest Service land. This I I still can't figure out a way that this cabin has access to it. There's no road that goes in there. There's no. It's far away from the the road that we took to drop the canoe off. Like, this thing is truly really far out there, and I doubt it that this guy is taking a boat in every time he wants to go there because the water wouldn't be high enough in the summer.
0: Well, maybe he just gets in now and then he's there.
1: Uh, and it's like a, a two-mile hike from the... Not two-mile. It's like a mile-and-a-half hike from the road. I guess you could do that, but, like... Anyways, so that was kind of cool. Um, and he had, like, a little zip line going across the creek, too, to get to the other side, and... Um,
0: well, that's how he gets in. There you go.
1: Well, there's nothing on the other side of the
0: creek, though. <laughs> Maybe there's a... I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It was it was cool. Um, And then we're canoeing down further, and uh, we canoeing and we see like a bunch of logs piled up and like a tarp up on the bank of the shore and me and my my canoeing buddy kind of look at each other and we're like what was that and I look on the gps and on the map and it's like we're in national forest service land like it's public land we're clear to check it out if we want to and we're like yeah it'd be a nice time to stop for lunch let's go take a look so we pull over tie the boat up scramble up the cliff and it's like this fort that we have no idea how it got there. It, it recently snowed and the snow showed no tracks. We knew that nobody had been in there recently. Um, but a porcupine did come crawling out of it, uh, and scurried away into the woods, which was pretty, uh, entertaining. It was close. We're very close to the porcupine, but it was, it was more scared of us. Anyways, it's this cabin like structure that's built out of like sticks And has plastic sheets covering the the four walls and the roof, and on the inside are these bunks that are like, weaved, out of like twine, like a like a hammock bunk. There's like three levels of hammock bunks on the inside, and like, little, metal soda pop, lanterns hanging in there, and like outside there's like an old fire pit grill thing. There's like a bike stashed in the back of the corner. And like a a cart, like a two-wheeled cart, which somebody had cut a bike in half, welded it to a big metal frame to use as a cart to drag things in there. And we're like looking around, and the thing looks hammered. I mean, the thing just got demolished by snow. Um, but we're like, what the heck is this? Like, A, this is totally illegal to have in Forest Service land. Like, you're not supposed to build permanent structures. Um, And B, it's like, what is going on here? <laughs> There's no sign of anybody that's been there recently. Um, it was just kind of spooky. And, like, yeah, genuinely kind of weird. And, again, there wasn't a good way to access it. It was probably, like, a mile or or probably, like, two miles. At this point, yeah, definitely two miles from the the closest drivable road. Uh, yeah, it was weird.
0: Maybe it was some, like, old hermit house, and and they've abandoned it since, but... Yeah, that's wild.
1: So after poking around for a bit and grabbing a snack, we headed back on the water and finished the run. Um, you know, canoed some cool rapids and had a an awesome day. We did a total of 10 miles. It was great. Um, yeah, but it was like, wow, that was a weird shack. Also, taking out at the end, um, so we had seen a ton of beaver on, on the trip. We saw three beaver. We saw one great blue heron. We saw... Two birds of prey, either they're bald eagles or hawks, it was hard to tell. Uh, and at the takeout, which is like this bridge that goes over the the, um, the river on a highway, we, which is where we stashed the other car, we're about to step out of the water onto the bank, and looking on the bank, right where I was about to set my foot, was a beaver trap. One of the classic, oh, like... God like traps you think of with the like two things <laughs> that clamp in and the little springs on the side. And like, I was literally about to set my foot on that. That
0: Could have gone very badly.
1: <laughs> it probably wouldn't have hurt that bad. Like it's, it it's hurt, just though. a beaver trap. It's not going to fit my whole foot, but, um, it's a toe though, at least. Yeah. I was like, Oh dang, good thing I didn't step out there. So we like backed up and stepped out another place and didn't set off some dude's trap. But, uh, it's like, really, dude? If you're going to set off, like, put a trap... That's a shitty put place it, like... to put one. Right where
0: someone <laughs> might step on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that place isn't canoed a whole lot, but it was still kind of a jerk move.
0: That sounds like a lovely little adventure.
1: No, yeah, it was my cool adventure canoe story uh, this, this weekend.
0: This actually segues really well. This is an older story that I'm about to tell you. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to bring it up. This is from summer 2019.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but you mentioned boating on... Paddling even on rapid water... This is the story of my first time paddling rapid water and my scared Neanderthal brain taking over when it probably shouldn't have. Uh so this was during staff training, my second summer up at camp, and like it was near the end and we decided all the lifeguards were gonna go for a little paddle. Uh which was great because that meant I didn't have to do any work. I'd just hop in a kayak and you know, go enjoy the day. It's a lovely morning. It was misty, it was cool. Uh, We decided to go down the outlet of the lake, which it was higher than normal, so we were able to paddle on it. Uh, But there's rapids in it, and so the head lifeguard, the waterfront director, was very like, be careful. You know, there's nothing to worry about, but there's rapid water, so we'll just take it one at a time. Mm -hmm. And once we're through, it's calmer water. And it was great. It was fun. I watched a couple people get through, but then uh, a buddy of mine was sort of goofing around and pushed me into one of the faster rapids. Uh, just because he was not good at kayaking. He, like, knocked me into him. And I got pulled backward. I could feel myself getting pulled, and at this point I had no control over my boat. And I got wedged on a rock. I got sucked right into, like, a a big rock, wedged on my side, so the water's pouring into my kayak. Uh, Oh, no. And I I can't stop it. I'm stuck, and my kayak's slowly shifting more and more and more. And I know that I can't stay in this boat any longer. So... (laughs) My, my friend, the waterfront director, told me I just looked at him with just these puppy dog eyes full of fear uh, just as the water fully filled the cockpit of my kayak and the the rapids ripped me out of the boat and just sent me down the uh, the outlet. Now again it was probably three feet deep at most uh, and not dangerous at all because it ended in a pretty calm little spot but I remember thinking at that moment I was I was going to die, I was going to drown and hit my head and I was never going to make it. I was like Desperately clutching at the ground and getting ripped, and I balanced myself on like maybe a fist-sized rock that was wibbling back and forth, and I just got my foot on there and held it. I was like, "I'm not gonna. You gotta go on without me. You gotta go on without me." And then I was fine. Um, but I just remember the the genuine terror I felt, and then how stupid I felt afterward. Uh, but the feeling of getting ripped out of the cockpit of the boat by the water is something I've, I'd never felt before, and it was cool in retrospect
1: yeah it's a pretty scary feeling we um didn't run into it that day and uh I have before and it is when you get pinned like that and the 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 boat just starts filling with water I what that eventually can do is that the boat will like wrap all the way around a rock and like make a sea formation because the power of water is just so strong that right. it will like eventually just bend the boat and I was watching a video of these dudes paddling in labrador canada and they they pin their boat on a rock like that like what you're describing where it's like stuck in the middle and the boat starts to like tip towards towards the flow of the water and then like rolls over and you fall out and their boat got wrapped all the way around the rock jesus <laughs> and they're in the middle of nowhere that's like so really in the middle of nowhere <laughs> like days from a help and they're on a like that's the only form of transportation down the river Wait, what did they do
0: do you don't how did they get out of that
1: so eventually, they're able to pull the boat off the rock with some ropes and stuff, and like able to wiggle it off. now the boat's in a C shape, <laughs> like you can't paddle Not it down. That's the most point of shapes. But the the material that the boat is made out of, these Royal X boats, you can actually bend back into shape, and then stomp them out with your feet, oh, in, back wow. into the 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 uh, the shape of a canoe. It's going to be a little more wiggly than it was before, right. but you can. You can stomp it back into shape and then keep paddling it down the river. Where if it was, you had a wooden boat or, like, an aluminum boat or a Kevlar boat, the thing would just, like, shred in half and you'd be done.
0: That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a plastic kayak. I I don't know that that would have been. But that's crazy. I like kayaks better than canoes, generally speaking. I was and having now, this debate
1: maybe... with, with somebody the other day, and I think you can do more with one canoe Designed to do more things than you can do with one kayak.
0: It's harder to canoe alone, though.
1: Like kayaks are very specialized. They're either like sea kayaks or recreational kayaks. Was I talking to you about this?
0: I don't remember. I feel like we we've definitely had a conversation like this before. Maybe not on the podcast, but we. This is not a first boat conversation.
1: (laughs) Definitely not our first boat conversation.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like I like I like canoeing with someone. Uh, A nice leisurely canoe. Uh, I've not done much besides just paddle around a lake or up a river. Uh, so I don't, I can't speak for like the maneuverability of a canoe versus a kayak. I've spent more time in kayaks. Yeah. I, I'm less likely to tip over in a kayak. I've, I I feel more comfortable doing a T rescue in a kayak than in a canoe, certainly. Um, but I haven't been ripped out of a, canoe by rapid water before so <laughs> that's really what happened like it just it filled my cockpit and just took me out like i was dang a, a bag sitting in there it was crazy and everyone laughed at me and it was very embarrassing well of uh, course, but it was a good time uh maybe i'll tell my other fun boat story now that i've been saving for a good moment and just forgot about until now you have another uh, fun boat story. Kayaks. yeah this one's a rescue that i i was not doing the rescue i was rescued Oh, uh but not not from the water um it was really, the really windy day from <laughs> yeah the boat just shot up and i jumped <laughs> in uh it was it was a wild adventure um i was leading the con- the kayaking class at camp one day uh and for whatever reason they had given us they introduced a new program that summer called mini camp and it was 6 year olds coming to camp and and just for a few days and trying it out um, they put them in this kayaking class, and a six-year-old alone in a kayak is, I mean, I'd be terrified if I was a six-year-old alone in a kayak, but this was like a really, really windy day. Like, I was having trouble paddling around the lake, and there were like stages of this this hour-long period. The first one was the six-year-old girl got blown all the way to shore and couldn't move, uh, so I paddled over to her. I wasn't supposed to be teaching the class, I was supposed to be just lifeguarding the class, but... The counselor they put me with was not teaching it. She was just sort of there, so I had to do both, which isn't the most safe way to lifeguard, but it's fine. Anyways, I got to this little girl, and she's, like, sobbing because she can't move her kayak, and so I calmed her down. I told her I'd tie her boat to mine, and I would, I'd paddle her around, uh, and so I got her to stop crying, and I decided it was too windy to be out, so I said we are going to start paddling back to shore because it would take us long enough that we might as well start. Uh, and so I did. I brought this girl back to shore. I was pretty proud. I was paddling against the wind. I felt like I was flying, just like I was bouncing on the waves. And I just kept going and kept going and kept going. I'm pretty good at paddling into wind, which I, I'm pretty proud of. Uh, but I got her to shore, and maybe two thirds of the class also joined me on shore. I looked across on the other side of the lake. There's this little beach, uh, which is the direction the wind was blowing. The wind blows onto this beach, and I saw four or five of these six-year-old kids stuck on this beach because they were too little to, like, resist the wind. And the other staff member who was on this class with me just stuck on this beach. So I went over just to check on them, uh, and they just couldn't fight the wind. And they, I I couldn't, there was not time to bring them one by one across the lake, like times them my boat one by one. And I, I couldn't tie their whole chain of boats. So I made the decision I was going to call for a rescue, have the pontoon boat come out pick up the kids, we'll deal with it later. Uh, so I radioed for the pontoon to come. Uh, he said he was on his way out. And we just sat there. It, was, it felt sort of like being on a deserted island. Like it was that kind of vibe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like there was nothing around us and the waves were just lapping sort of on the sandy beach and we were just stuck there. We couldn't do anything. Wow. And I, the image, and, and this is the reason I want to tell you the story because the image that I'm about to describe is so good <laughs> and it's, it has stuck with me. Um, the pontoon boat is a CD player, obviously. Um, maybe not obviously, but it had a CD player and we had a couple of CDs, kid friendly CDs we would put on if we were teaching the fishing class or, or taking them out on a spin around the lake. And the one that happened to be in the CD player at this, on this particular day was the soundtrack to the Lion King. <laughs> uh, nice. and so I watched the pontoon boat come off from the dock on the other side of the lake and start driving over and. You know, I was just trying to reassure the kids that help was on the way, that we'd be all right. And we started to hear sort of echoey, muffled music coming from across the lake. I was like, see? Proof. We're being saved. And it was windy, right? It was wavy. And the pontoon boat, when it got close to it, it crested this wave. And, like, in my head, and I think because of just the goodness of this image, it w- it was a lot more dramatic than it actually was but it, like, it looked like it was cresting this huge wave just as the circle of life. Like it, was, it was this scene out of a movie. It's just our, our nice. saviors came. And we got the kids on the boat. We decided we'd come back for the kayaks. It was grilled cheese Tuesday for lunch. Everyone was pumped. We were going to go. We were going to have grilled cheese. And so we came back across, singing along to Lion King. I think Just Can't Wait to Be King came on next, and that's a good song. So I sang all the words, and the kids were embarrassed by I me mean, knowing all the words. Uh, and we get to the shore. We get to the dock. And the kids all get off, and the wind blows the lifeguards' tubes off of the boat into the water. Oh, no. So I said, I've got this. And I sort of – there's a little door on the side of the boat, so I opened that. And I my thought was I would just sort of lean off and grab the tubes uh, and maybe step in the water a little bit if I had to. But the water was a lot deeper than I thought it was. So I tried to step in the water and fell. I was fully clothed. And I just fell into this lake. Uh, and so I missed lunch because I had to go change. So I missed Grill Cheese Tuesday, which is – Bummer. those are my two boat stories they've been on my list since 2019 i wonder if there's
1: time for one more boat story uh we're going a little late here but uh well we
0: are we've been doing like an hour 10 we just hit an hour now
1: and i've got a pizza already ordered so
0: (laughs) but then you better tell the story
1: (laughs) okay so um (laughs) this time i was working uh working up at the camp that i work at and um i was just out okay context of the story is that on this this is an, a remote lake in the Adirondacks that you cannot have motorboats on unless it's an emergency and we get special permission because we're a camp and we have you know safe people or whatever um there's only one other occasion that I was allowed to ride the motorboat um and that's another story but uh this story is I was out with the day canoe folks the people that um stay in base camp and we go out on day canoe trips Um, we just go paddle for a day, or I mean, we don't always do canoe trips, sometimes we go hiking up a mountain, sometimes we go mountain biking, it's kind of like this cool, fun, you know, uh, for the older kids that have done camp before, and they want to do more fun, exciting things, so I'm out on the lake, but I'm also the same guy that takes the multi-day canoe trips out, and I also, so it's kind of like it's like my easy week, kind of. Like, I'm hanging out in base camp doing the day things. I get to sleep in my cabin at night, take a shower every day if I want to, and, like, it's great. But other Boy Scout camps in the area had, had crews out at the time. And um, sometimes, like I was talking before, we'd help out the other the other troops and stuff. And, and uh, it was in the middle of the week, so I knew, like, okay, I'm hanging out with these guys today. It's Wednesday. We're canoeing. It's great. And we get all the way to the other side of the lake. We have our lunch. We, you know, hang out over there, do some swimming, come on back. We're coming back to our waterfront that we launch our canoes out of and stuff. And I see the motorboat pull out of the waterfront, which is, like, never a good thing. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, no need to worry about that. It's probably for the main camp, not for for our guys. Um, And I see it, like, make a beeline towards me, (laughs) towards my little pod of canoes. And it's like, oh, boy. <laughs> that, like, still trying not to think anything of it, but, like, hmm, I wonder why that's coming towards me. And then I see it, like, like really going fast towards me, and my my boss's bearded face <laughs> is driving the, the motorboat. And it's like, oh, boy, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> so he finally pulls up close, and he's like, hey, uh, there's a thing going on. We kind of need your help. Um... Cause we have somebody that can cover your position but since you're a wilderness first responder and you have all the certification to be a guide out on the multi-day trips we need you to go be a multi-day trip guide right now <laughs> um so Good. it's like well, okay it's like <laughs> um, it's
0: like in movies when like the secret agent is undercover right and he's like about to finish job but then the helicopter comes down and, we need <laughs> you like this is big you gotta come right now jump in the it helicopter very much felt
1: like that it very much felt like that because then like, I, like, group up my pod of canoes. And it's like, hey, guys, I got to go. We're going to canoe as fast as we can back to the beach. I'm going to hop off and uh, leave you guys. And you guys are going to put away the canoes. Like, you know, we talked about how to do this. And have a good rest of your week. Uh, see ya. <laughs> and we're, like, canoe fast back into the beach. And I'm, like, really pumped on adrenaline at this point. Like, I don't know Fair. where my assignment is. I don't know where I'm going. But they said, like, we need you to go pack a backpack and be ready to hit... Oh, fuck, track. it really
0: is the secret mission they're throwing you into.
1: Absolutely. So I run, like, hit the beach, don't even, like, get the canoe all the way to the beach. Like, I'm literally hopping in the water, like, storming the beach, like, getting my boots all wet, getting, like, <clears throat> running on the road back to my cabin, throwing. I hadn't done laundry from the week before, so it was pretty easy to just throw those clothes that I had, I had, uh, done a multi-day trip on before into the bag, like, shoving whatever I needed, um, Also, I had already a canoe on top of my car, ready to go, um, and, like, get sent the coordinates from, uh, from my boss, and it's like, alright, these are the coordinates, like, be there, uh, as fast as you can. (laughs) Shit. And then I just go and and do the thing, and, uh, it was, like, a crazy time from, like, oh, alright, uh, why is that motorboat coming to me? Oh, crap, I have another mission to, to go to pack it really quick and then go find these random coordinates in the woods Um, a really fun exercise Uh, maybe not one to do under duress in those situations but uh, it was was fun
0: I feel like duress is the only way to do that sort of thing like here's here's your mission do it right now it's like an escape room well I don't want somebody
1: I don't want somebody to be hurt and be in trouble because of it you know
0: let's pretend no one's hurt or in trouble just that that kind of adrenaline that's like you can't do that calmly
1: yeah, yeah. So, that was pretty fun. Um, yeah, that's that's my other crazy boat story for now. I'm sure I've got more. I can't think of them right now.
0: Yeah, I've got, I'm sure I've got at least two or three more boat stories. It's just there's always stories about boats. For sure. Well,
1: sweet. I think that'll wrap this one up. Episode
0: 41. Uh, your mission that you should feel lots of adrenaline to do, listeners, is to go to iTunes <laughs> and leave us a rating and a review. We have three ratings now. One of them is from me. I don't know who the other two are. Isaac, have you rated our podcast? Wait, what?
1: We have three five-star ratings.
0: on. Okay, so there are two mystery uh, reviewers on iTunes. So if you, I thought you said you,
1: iTunes you, doesn't exist.
0: On Apple Podcasts is what I meant. Oh, at, Apple Podcasts. Um, go to our Twitter page, at KetchupCast, spelled like the vegetable. Uh, we have not a whole lot of followers. Isaac's mom just followed us actually yesterday, which is exciting. Sweet. Uh, pretty much I only post new episodes, although occasionally I post a picture of me looking stressed about an episode. That's kind of fun. Uh, if you have any thoughts, you know, your own personal boat stories, you can email us at nocondiments at gmail.com. Uh, and give us, uh, let your friends know about us, let your enemies know about us, let your family know about us, uh, and leave us a review. I love the ratings, but why not just write a little paragraph saying how much you love boat stories and... Uh, burning cd stories i guess um yeah so thanks for listening we're in the 40s now we're i think eight episodes from now will be episode 50 so like we're we're doing this 2021 it's Absolutely. it's our 50th year thanks for listening listeners see you next time any last words isaac no nope. <laughs> well, on that note goodbye <laughs> listeners. <laughs>